Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Not one day of Moses' training was wasted. None of your training is wasted. God doesn't waste our life. He uses it. Be wise with it. You've heard me say so many times, we have history with God, don't we? When you look back at where you come from, Moses is going to look back at this and go, wow. Was God in control of his life the whole 40 years? Every bit of it. He's in control of your life. You ever look back on your life and regret decisions you either made or didn't make? It's easy to do that. It's easy to sink into remorse for what you consider not to have been the best choices for your life or your relationship with God. Pastor Mark will be teaching about such decisions. He'll be using the life of Moses as examples of what it looks like to make both good and bad choices. You'll hear about how God took even the bad decisions that Moses made and wove those into Moses' character. You'll learn the ways that God can do the same kind of thing in your life. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Romans chapter 8 as he continues his message, The Great I Am, Moses. Romans 8, 1, therefore there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Satan loves to condemn us after we fail. In this kind of a big thing, I'm sure Moses is thinking, that's it. I'll never be used by God again. All that education, my, what my mom and dad went through, all the things that are here, it's over for me. I'm done. I'm finished. I'm sure Satan came to him many times and said, well, you're going to be out in this desert for the next whatever number of years. It's over with. God's through with you. It's done. That's what Satan will say to you and me. We have to realize there's no condemnation. Expect God to redeem the wrong choice. Now, what is Moses going to do? Does God have him in the right place? Yes. Would Moses think he's in the right place? Definitely not. So be careful. What is God going to do during those 40 years? He's going to make Moses the leader he needed to be. God knew this. Moses doesn't. So he's going to be a shepherd during the next 40 years. And he's going to learn about God's plan. So what to do after a wrong choice? Number three. Enjoy God's grace and a new start. Moses wouldn't know this till later, but Moses wrote this later. We have the privilege of studying it. 
What was the great I am's character? God is with us even after a wrong choice. You'll see God knows exactly where to go to find Moses. After making a wrong choice, Satan will say God's nowhere to be found. It's over with. The truth is God's very near. What was the character of God? What did Moses write later in the book of Exodus? Let me read it to you. He passed in front of Moses and said, I am he, Lord. I am the Lord, the merciful and gracious God. I am slow to anger versus you, Moses. He didn't write that. I added that. And rich in unfailing love and faithfulness. I will show this unfailing love to many thousands by forgiving every kind of sin and rebellion. Moses learned That God was compassionate. He was gracious. He was slow. He wanted to give a brand new start. God is full of love, ready to forgive us. Overflows with faithfulness. He has promised never to leave you. Never to leave me. That's his character. That's the character of the great I am. Verse 16. Now priest of Midian had seven daughters. And they came to draw water and fill the troughs to water their father's flock. And some shepherds came along and drove them away. But Moses got up and he came to the rescue and he watered their flock. So God is going to redeem Moses with a wife and children. The seven daughters of Ruel or Jethro arrived at the well. And when they were going there to water the flock, some shepherds appeared and were going to bully their way in to, and start to water their flocks. Who's sitting there at this exact time? Moses. Yet Moses, just like in Egypt, he doesn't like what he saw. He hates oppressed people. He kind of has this deliverer mentality. But he did something right this time. He got up. And when he got up, it was kind of like a picture of a new start. Time to get up and do the right thing. This time, Moses' intervention worked. He rescued the seven women, and they finished watering the animals and returned home early. Maybe you need to get up. You've allowed the enemy to beat you down, to discourage you, just because you failed. No, ask God's forgiveness. Don't make excuse. Get up. Get started again. Here's what Moses is doing. Now look at 18. When the girls returned to Ruel, their father, he asked them, why have you returned so early today? And the Midianites were descendants of Abraham. So it goes way, way, way back. And probably we think Jethro was a priest, a worshiper of the true and living God. And they answered, an Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds. He even drew water for us and watered the flock. Now, remember, Ruel has seven daughters And he lives in the desert. What's he hoping for? Seven princes on a horse riding into the desert is what he's hoping for. Amen? What are they hoping for? Same thing. And verse 20 tells us why. Notice what he says. Hey, where is he? Why is he saying that? Because we're down to six if things go well. Is what he's trying to say. And where is he, he asked his daughter. Why did you leave him there? This is a live one. (laughs) Invite him to have something to eat. So he's hoping 
He's praying. I joke with that, but hospitality was a big deal in those days. It was a very, very big deal. So what happens? They do that. And look at verse 21. Moses agreed to stay with the man who eventually gave his daughter Zipporah to Moses in marriage. He is down to six. Zipporah gave birth to a son, and Moses named him. This is interesting in the Bible. Names have some great illustrations. Gershom, saying, I have become an alien in a foreign land. One meal leads to another. This God-ordained encounter leads to what? A marriage and family and children. What do you do after you make a wrong choice? Number four, learn from our wrong choices plus others' mistakes as well. Proverbs 16.22 says this, Understanding is a fountain of life to those who have it, but folly brings punishment to fools. You know, a wise thing for all of us to do is to learn from our mistakes. Moses has learned from this mistake. I want to learn from my mistakes. I'm going to make them. You're going to make them. We're not afraid to make mistakes here at the church. I hope you know that because we're not perfect. I wish we all heard God perfectly. We try. We strive for that. We try to do things with excellence. Sometimes we don't. So you have to make a change. You have to start this, stop this, change this, do that. Don't be afraid. If you're afraid to make a mistake, you might as well just close it up right now. We simply have to live, and sometimes we just don't hear God. So we have to learn from those choices. And the Bible is filled with illustrations. There's illustrations tonight. Don't lean to your own understanding. If you have a little temperament to go to anger, don't make decisions with anger on your mind. It's the wrong thing to do. Don't allow the enemy to condemn you. Some of you have a kind of a beat-down attitude. Even when I said to you, God has ordained you, he's gifted you, he's placed you here right for this time, you're thinking, not me, not me, I'm not Moses, I can't, there's no... Yes, you. Don't let the enemy beat you down. Now, when you see practical things, understand one of the things that Paul told us is a great principle. Here it is, Romans 15, 4. For everything that was written in the past was written, say it with me, to teach us. So what are we studying? Something that was written where? In the past. What's it for? To teach us. Understand as we go through that, experience. As you get older, experience is a great teacher. You've heard somebody say this, and it's so true. Experience is a great teacher, but it doesn't have to be our experience. You know what? You and I can't live long enough to make all the mistakes. So we should be wise. And that's really what's happened. We can be wise as we watch other people. That's where the encouragement comes, the comfort comes, the wisdom comes. Learn and don't repeat those same mistakes. We're learning. Now, what would Moses learn that he really didn't learn in 40 years in Pharaoh's kingdom? Number one, he would learn patience. Do you think Moses learned patience in the kingdom? And it would be there. He was high up. He would learn during those 40 years patience. He would learn to serve, not just to rule. He didn't definitely didn't learn that in Pharaoh. He didn't serve an inch. He learned to rule. He would learn through serving to be humble. Humble. He would learn something he definitely didn't learn 
in Egypt. Hard, honest work. Do you know the ministry is work? You know that. Do you know that witnessing is work? Do you know that sometimes even studying your Bible and having devotions in the morning is work? Isn't it interesting that Paul would say, work out your own salvation? See, life is filled with work. That's good for us. And Moses would learn how to love and lead a family. A real small family. But pretty soon he's going to learn to love and lead a family of how many? At about two million. Where would he learn that patience? Forty years. With what? Sheep. Dumb sheep. And what are we tonight? Don't even say it. Yes, we are. We're dumb sheep. Now, what to do after a wrong choice? Number five. Face today and tomorrow by going forward. How do we do that? Trusting God. What you're going to see, and we'll spend a moment talking about it, what you're going to see is that during those 40 years, he had plenty of solitude, and he had plenty of meditation time as he worked hard with the sheep. He felt like an alien. He was in a place From what we know, God didn't speak to him. He felt he was in a place, well, where God would never use him again. Notice verse 22, Zipporah gave birth to a son and named him that Gershom. Remember we read this? And saying, I have become an alien. How did he feel? Out of place. I'm in a place where God can't use me. You might think, I'm here, but I'm kind of out of a place, and I've made mistakes. Can God ever use me? Yes, he can. Initially, that's what he felt like. Interesting, he had another son, and the next son was Eliezer. And you know what the name of that son means? God is my help. Somewhere, hope started. So look at verse 23. During that long period, the king of Egypt died. We read this a little bit in the book of Acts. And the Israelites groaned in their slavery. And they cried out. And their cry for help because of slavery went up, notice, to God. God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. So Moses is here in the wilderness 40 years, training to be this deliverer, but he didn't know it. I think that's a huge thing for us. I've learned this principle. God never wastes our life. All of you could give testimony of where you've been and now where you are and how God used all of that. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Think of Paul. Did God use Paul's past? Absolutely. He would say at one time, what? I'm the chief sinner, the most religious guy. He would talk about that. That God didn't waste his past at all. His education, did God waste it? He did not. Some 20 years ago, when God called Lynn and I to start the church, I used to think, I'm 48. 
God says, well, you weren't ready. You don't have to let That's true. I wasn't ready. I've been serving the church for, I can't tell, basically 40 years. I was a little kid. used to teach in Sunday school. But I wasn't ready yet. God was very wise. See, you have to be careful. Some guys are ready at 22. I was ready at 48. But I was still not ready. But God used every inch of my past. He still is. Same with you. You know, I managed all those people. I managed million dollars of finances. I knew how to organize. I knew how to direct. I knew how to put something together and head off in the same direction. When I came here, it was me. And one other gentleman that worked a couple hours a week. And God used all of that stuff that I never... When I go to a hospital today, and I walk into a hospital, I'm home. I can just talk to people. I can see people. Blood doesn't bother me. How did all that happen? I used to work with docs and nurses. He never wasted any of that. My mom and dad, where I was raised, all the Pentecostal background I had, all the abuse I saw, not in our home, not in our church, splits in churches all these years, all that I've tried to learn from. And God has been gracious to Calvary Chapel of Melbourne for 20 years. Because we've tried to keep in the middle of his will. Far from perfect as a team of people, then God brought different people along. We've never hired anybody in the ministerial staff from the outside in 20 years. That's a miracle. How did that happen? God brought them here. Brought Pastor Dave and Dean and Bo and Jonathan, all the rest. They all came here. They're probably thinking, what am I doing going to Melbourne? And then they see me and they, what am I really doing coming to Welber? <laughs> Not one day of Moses' training was wasted. None of your training is wasted. God doesn't waste our life. He uses it. Be wise with it. You've heard me say so many times, we have history with God, don't we? When you look back at where you come from, Moses is going to look back at this and go, Wow. Was God in control of his life the whole 40 years? Every bit of it. He's in control of your life. If you have children, get them on the path. Pray for them. Get them on the path. Teach them by your example that he never wastes anything. So God was there the whole time. And the reason that we're taught this, when God arranges the circumstance of our life, there's something very important. I want to finish the part we just read. Notice what this says. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have, say it with me, hope. I don't want you to leave without hope. Moses, when he leaves the desert, has hope because the great I am shows up when he never could have imagined it. And he says, I have a plan. We're going to go forward. So I just want to remind you this. With God, failure is never final. Don't be discouraged. The great I am is the God of grace and mercy. When you got up this morning, his mercies were what? Brand new. I love being able to encourage people that they can start over again 
on the path of life. The choices we make today turn around and make us tomorrow. We are going to make bad choices. Use those principles I gave you. Get back on the right road. Don't dwell in condemnation and stew around in discouragement. Those of you that believe God's spoken to you about giftings in certain areas of ministry, don't you dare step out till he says go. And when he does, don't be like that donkey, that crazy mule. You know what kind of a mule. You just get going. Follow him. You say, well, I'm not ready. I wasn't ready at 48. I'm still not ready, but the great I am is in front of me, and I'm following in his wisdom, as you want to do. Here's the last thing I want to talk to. Please write this down. The great I am's basic plan, it's not complicated. For every one of us, is two things. One, to know him intimately, daily, in our quiet time. If you've gotten away from your quiet time, get back to it. Know him. Understand his word. The only way you can know God is doing what we're doing right here. Studying his word. We discover the character of God. God, Moses probably thinks you'll never see God again. God's coming. And God's coming with a plan that he could have never imagined. Number two, the reason God's coming for Moses is because he wants his name to be known in the pagan world. The reason he's coming in your life, he wants you to make God known. Not just me, but you. We're talking about why we don't share. Since one of the signs of being a disciple is making other disciples, sharing our faith. Why don't we share? Remember three things? No time. I'm too busy with the things of this world. If that's true in your life, you're too busy. Number two, fear. There's no reason for fear. Trust God. And number three, I don't really know how. We're going to find ways to answer those three reasons people don't really share. When's the last time you made God known? Through your witness. We talked about it in the elders the other night. Here's something you don't have to know how to do. Share your testimony. See, you don't have to go like, I don't have my notes. You don't need your notes. It's your testimony. What did God do for you? How'd you get here? We all have a testimony. Say, well, Pastor Mark, I wasn't a drug addict. I didn't have this. I didn't murder four people. And I don't really have a testimony. I'm glad you don't have that testimony. (laughs) But you were a sinner without hope, walking in darkness, but God came to you. Amen? That's a testimony. That's okay. One of the things Pastor Mark taught about today is the fact that Satan is always looking to accuse you when you mess up. You saw in the life of Moses that there were certainly opportunities for the devil to tell Moses that he blew it, that God never would be able to use him again. You also learned the importance of shaking off the enemy's accusations and listening to God instead. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. 
Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This wraps up Pastor Mark's teaching, The Great I Am, Moses. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin his teaching, The Great I Am, is concerned about us. You'll hear Pastor Mark talk about God's timing and the trouble the people have with that. You'll see through the life of Moses that God's never in a hurry. You'll be encouraged to develop patience and tenacity regarding God working His will in your life. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Bonner of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. in a herd